0: you're listening to the electronic media collective podcast network yeah it's a mouthful for more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy visit electronicmediacollective.com and now our feature presentation
1: previously on the growlicks podcast this is episode number 44 yes a- and uh we have a guest here his name is jasper hello jasper How we're doing you know which one? Okay, May twenty fifth. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the list. Yeah, Baywatch. Oh okay. nah, god, I don't know, man.
0: Yes. Although I think if the Hoff does show up in Baywatch, he has to like be driving, get into the water, and then he just dies. <laughs> Basically, we're not <laughs> going right to watch Baywatch. All the references. See, they
1: need to start about. the Baywatch Night Rider, Baywatch Night cinematic universe.
0: In a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel, DC'd every comic book series, and frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe.
1: This is Randy. And this is Jasper. We watched two movies. And they were horrible. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. We're jumping ahead of ourselves. So we watched two movies. We're going to talk about those movies, and then we're going to figure out how they can become the next big mega movie franchise cinematic extended universe. This is the first episode of the Growlithe Cinematic Universe. Dun, dun, dun,
0: dun.
1: There will be a cold open for this episode, and uh, that will make... Why we pick these movies obvious, but there's also an obvious theme. We watched Knight Rider 2000, the 1991 made-for-TV movie, mm-hmm. and Baywatch. Baywatch from 2017, oh, wow. starring The Rock. And support cast. <laughs> you know that one D-bag? Mm-hmm. And then some other people. Who who was that guy? Uh, he's been in some other stuff. I don't know. He's probably... He's always in something Seth Rogen's in. Well, no, yeah, it was the guy, he was in what, Neighbors, Bad Neighbors, Neighbors, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it was Bad Neighbors. And, uh, I mean, you know, he's pretty much the same type of character. He's just a uh, kind of a foolish pretty boy. Mm-hmm. So that's what we watched. Which one do you want to discuss first?
0: Well, let's, we should probably just do it in the order we watched, which was Knight Rider
1: 2000. And then Baywatch? Okay. hmm Okay, so I'm going to say I have a slightly embarrassing uh, thing to admit here. Mm-hmm. I have seen far more I've watched in terms of TV shows far more Baywatch than I've ever watched Knight Rider. And off the top of my head, I cannot recall ever watching a full episode of Knight Rider,
0: which is funny because I feel it's the same, the same going the other way with me with Baywatch is I watch way more Knight Rider and I watch bits and pieces of Baywatch, but never like the whole, I mean, episode, you know, basically, every, I think we're just going to speak for everybody. You just watch Pamela Anderson walk in slow motion and that was it. You turned it off.
1: I was going to say, I mean, I think everybody just kind of watched bits and pieces of Baywatch. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, thats I don't think that's embarrassing, though, because Baywatch ran for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, but Knight Rider is obviously, I think, the bigger franchise. Well, it's the, it definitely has a, a more recognized cultural impact, and I do want to address that for the movie, okay, so Night Rider 2000, mm-hmm. it was made 1991, obviously after the series had ended, and I believe it was supposed to kind of possibly be another like backdoor pilot, as they say, mm-hmm. for a potential new Night Rider series, and that obviously didn't happen. And I'll go ahead and just. Spit out kind of my general take on on this before we get to you because you're more, you're, you were kind of invested in this a little bit as yeah, we were watching I it. I was <laughs> from my childhood, man. Yeah. And I don't know why you're younger than me. I always blamed it. Like Jesse talks about Knight Rider and mm-hmm. I always was like, well, you know, he's a little bit older than me. So I'm guessing it's just kind of before my time, but you're younger than me. Mm-hmm. I, why did I, how did I just, how did I not watch it? Like I know what it is. Well, you're not that
0: much older than me. But I was going to say maybe it was in regular. Because it was more like, what was that word, syndicated? Yeah. When I was a kid, and like when I was like... But did it hit cable? Because... No, it was, I watched it was on, on Fox TV. 42, hmm. which is what w- which we watched it on. But it was re- it was like every day. The reason I think I watched it enough was because I was homeschooled, so I was at home during the lunch hour and
1: watched it on Fox 42.
0: Hmm,
1: maybe that's it. So, coming to this movie, it being Night Rider, and knowing what I know about Knight Rider, which is just the very basic stuff. I expected three things. Okay. I expected that car. I expected that music and I expected the Hoff. I got the Hoff.
0: Yeah. The, the one thing that got me with the movie was I don't think they ever, which was a huge thing in the, in the actual series was the turbo boost fly over the car, you know, fly over cars. They, I think they, in one scene, I don't remember what he said, but he kind of mentioned like, Basically it used to be like it's turbo time or something like mm-hmm. he would kind of lead up to right before they you just turbo boost and he said it in, I think right as they flew
1: off the the pier. But so okay so here's the quick summary of this movie and there's really there's not much to it. It's the future, the year 2000.
0: In the year 2000. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. But basically there's some business with cryogenics like they're prisoners in the in the future year of 2000. So it's it's very much like Demolition Man or – there's actually a new show that I watched not long ago on Netflix. Um, I caught the first episode of, I think, where they – when prisoners go to prison, it's they just cryogenically freeze them, which doesn't make sense to me because they're not serving their time. They're just like, oh, suddenly it's the future it's like years later and I'm awake and they're going to let me out. Like that's not – rehabilitating yeah, see, them. To, to me, that was weird because like, okay, we cryogenically freeze
0: them. They have parole dates. Mm-hmm. So we're basically preserving
1: killers and stuff to then therefore get paroled. They make released. A, They it at the end of the movie. There's a comment on it there. They make a comment as to whether that actually does any good. It's, or it's just delaying, you know, more crimes. It's well, yeah. But honestly, this cryogenics thing has nothing to do with anything. It's there to bookend the movie. It starts. You start off with this this guy getting out, and then at the end of the movie, they they're putting another guy in. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not. It's not really there other than to maybe establish that it's the future because the year two thousand looks a lot like the year nineteen ninety one for the most part. Yeah, Uh, with the same vehicles too. Same vehicles, same style rides. No, no. In fact, some rides went backwards. Yeah. That doesn't matter. It basically boils down to the plot revolves around in the year 2000, police have done away with all their lethal w- guns, their lethal weapons. Lethal weapon. Uh, and they have ultrasound. What do they call ultrasonics? Ultr-
0: ultrasonics. Or, yeah.
1: yeah. No, it was actually ultrasound. Yeah, they have u- ultrasound. My ultrasound. Which is basically like a, a little sound pistol that sometimes incapacitates them, but most of the time it just knocks them down. Then they get up and keep running. But real guns specifically real pistols what kind of pistol it was just handguns just regular handguns basically they look like 1911s or i only ask because i know you i figured you'd probably know
0: i that's another thing that got me why is it just handguns like no one saved like assault
1: rifles or shotguns i think specifically it was because they were like police issue style handguns you know yeah but those not only start popping up then like there's blatant attacks on cops and stuff. Yeah. And we're just going to go full spoilers on this because trust me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, Not at this point. <laughs> it's it's this it's this whole like plot within the cops to bring back gun crime, to basically get the laws passed so that the cops can once again have guns. Yeah. And they try to kill one of the cops, one of their own cops, and then sh- there's some convoluted business with where they can like recover memories from people. And then, like, she gets a chip put in her head, no real reason other than, like, there's no reason to it. There's no reason to it. (laughs) And then, uh, what's his name? Calls in the Hoff, who's been, like, retired, basically. He's been fishing Mm -hmm. to come work for him again. And they rebuild Kit, but not really. Yeah, they put him in a
0: 57
1: Chevy. Yes. Which is,
0: mm, it has
1: no bulletproofing or anything like the original Kit. So... It's a 57 Chevy. It's not any like, and when we were watching it, I was like, why, why that car? And you're like, well, you don't like, you don't like that car. I'm like, no, that car's fine. It's a classic, but but why that it's car? not cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's a nice car. And I mean, you know, but it's not like eighties cool. And I realized 1991, although you wouldn't be able to tell from the hairstyles, maybe they didn't feel like that eighties style car was cool anymore, but like the Knight Rider car was cool. And that thing is just, as a 57, it's like classic for its own reason. Kind of like
0: what I always think about police cars. It looked, it looked authoritative mm-hmm. and it looked mean and, and like kind of had that stealth bomber look. And then you put him in a bright blue 57 yeah. <laughs> <Joseph> Jeffy. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: made no sense. like, yeah, I didn't get it. And then whatever, there's a plot. The bad guy's office is in a lobby of some building. <laughs> it's clearly a lobby. He's got a table set up in it. He just, front. like,
0: went to a hotel. Was like, can I use this lobby for my villain meeting?
1: Like, it's clearly, like... A, yeah, they have a meeting at one point, and it's clearly... You point. You even mentioned it. Like, there's the front doors of a building, like, right there. It's like, that's not an office. That's clearly a lobby. I think what they, they tried to do was basically make it... I don't think they had, like, the
0: conference room look that new movies have. Like, the huge, long table. So, they're just like, let's have it in an entryway.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was just, like, this is, like... It's a big room. and It's got cool architecture, but it's like which I get, but it's clearly it's still a lobby. And I was gonna say maybe shoot it from the other angle so you can't see the front doors, but then you could probably see the reception area to the frickin' whatever building it was or the bank or whatever it was. Just some receptionist staring. <laughs> what are you guys doing here? <laughs> they come here every other day. Every they come here every Tuesday.
0: That guy smirks again like that. I'm oh.
1: <laughs> the one guy at the end of the table gets mad and. Ineffectually pushes papers off the table. That was funny. <laughs> and they never really said why. Like he can't get stressed out. I didn't know if that was like. Was he know, the right. guy that got out of jail at the beginning?
0: That's what I was going to ask you. Was that the, because some guy got? I feel out. like the guy that was in there didn't look like him. And, and he, I feel like they was just like and release and then nothing. Was it just to set up the premise of this cryogenic thing? That I think so, because remember they say midway through the movie that he's he got out of cryogenics. The lady let him out to basically push
1: these handguns. But who was he? They never say. So we open the movie by watching some some random criminal get out of cryogenics, in which we never follow up on again. Mm -hmm. Huh. I no, I didn't think this was a good movie. I didn't hate watching it. Like, it wasn't painful. And it's not the kind of movie where you can necessarily crack jokes through the whole thing. Yeah. You can crack jokes through a good ch- chunk of it, though, because we did. Like, there was
0: some entertainment there. The new kit, the 2000 kit, looked stupid. Um, and that sucks because I've always loved the way Kits Trans Am was. Mm-hmm. And then the Mustang and the 08 version. But wow. <laughs> and you got no.
1: Da-da, da-da, da-da.
0: You got no cool Night I mean, Rider think- music. If I think back, I don't even think the the little, the little, what, the, what we used to call the ultrasound sound when the thing goes back and forth. The Oh yeah. The little light yeah. bar. Where it does like You know, I don't even think that does, I didn't even think they did that. No. It was like, they basically, like, I think you were saying they try to basically reboot the series and they just took everything that made, you know, Night Rider, Night Rider. And it was just like, yeah, no, let's,
1: it's, let's try to restart. I was disappointed in that. And for the most part, like you can tell it's a TV movie. It was like, it felt like an uninspired TV show. There just was no like hook to it. There's no grab. It seemed like they were in the same three or four locations over and over the whole movie. And you know, just now kind of, that I think about it, it did feel like they were in the same area. Like even when they're driving around, it just felt like they were driving around the same
0: area. I the felt time. like in the, the, the cop, the chase scene, mm-hmm. they were doing a circle in the neighborhood. Yeah, with Chevy Luminas, which is hilarious to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, you kept you kept uh, mentioning the uh, police vehicles. Yeah, because
0: they were ninety, probably nineteen ninety Chevy Luminas. Now, with what's funny about that, even though I know you don't or not really into cars, they had two Luminas. There was a the sedan version, and there was the van version, and they drove both of them. <laughs> the, the smaller police car was the Chevy Lumina four door, and then the other one was the Chevy Lumina van. I was like, either they signed a deal with Chevy. <laughs> and probably,
1: just, this is what we got, guys. Like, <laughs> not super cool looking.
0: Yeah, they looked atrocious. Mm-hmm. But again, it was you know in the '90s. That probably was like, oh yeah. my god, look at those cars. You know. Oh really? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so eventually, because there's another car that kind of gets underutilized, because it almost felt like they were setting this other car up to be the villain, like the car villain. Mm-mm. Like you and Jesse had talked about, there was car or whatever. The Night
0: Industries Automated Roving Robot.
1: Yes. Um, Because there was another car here. It was the w- whatever, 4,000.
0: Kit is basically the Night Industries 2,000. That's why his name is Kit. You have the 2,000. Now you have the 4,000. So is he like kiffed? <laughs> kiffed?
1: Uh <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like... But it, it talked, it like had a voice and stuff, but they don't hardly utilize it. They did hint, like I kind of thought it was interesting is the one time they take it for a test drive before it gets turned into kit later, spoilers, at the end of the movie it gets turned into kit, uh, a, a deer runs out in the road and it doesn't try to swerve to miss it and they're like, you know, what, what was that? Because it was driving itself and he said, you know, this vehicle would have been uh, 100% on damage by striking that animal. So mm-hmm. it just inferred that like... It didn't care about life forms.
0: Which is what Kit is about. He is not, he will not endanger any life, which Carr again was Mm -hmm. only cared about himself. He was in self-preservation mode.
1: So I kind of thought there'd be some type of like head to head between those two vehicles, between Kit and this, the 4,000. But no, they just end up stealing the 4,000 body basically and putting Kit in there after it looks. Okay. So we're talking bad on this movie. I think this movie almost moved Jasper to tears at one point though. Yeah, it did. It almost did. <laughs> yeah, like, you're like, this is seriously hit me hard, man.
0: This, t- tell us about it. I didn't, I didn't wa- I've never watched this movie and I heard about it and I've never read the story to it. But growing up with Night Rider, I watched kid all the time and to see like a death scene of like the car. I've always fell in love with because actually in Knight Rider 2008, They have, which hit me hard again, they have a virus that takes over the car, and basically he's like, you know, he has a scared, like, emotion. He's like, Michael, am am I dying? And I was like, oh my god, it's a car, but I'm gonna start crying, (laughs) like, you know. Uh Uh-huh. But it was the line where he said, he said, hey, Michael, he's
1: like, take care of yourself, will you? And I was just like, oh, okay. That was (laughs) a little too much for me. So, yeah, at one point they end up driving off a pier, Mm -hmm. and- Fortunately, the cab is the cab or the cabin is airproof or wa- airproof watertight mm-hmm. and there's like 30 minutes of air in there. But the water somehow gets into this yeah the cab the cabin is waterproof but the electronics are not yeah. which are in the engine. Which seems like a yeah you think kind was, of a flaw. He was thought about that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a flaw. Like let's make it waterproof but not the computer brain that like controls a lot of this stuff. Okay, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Did you think he was going to be gone for? Well, then, and I don't. I'm assuming this guy's important. He seemed pretty important to the show. But who's the guy that he works for? The 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 gray haired guy. Sure.
0: Yeah. The I forgot. Uh, now I forgot his name. Obviously, not that important. No, he is. He's the head of the of the. I think it's called the Knight Institution. If I can remember right, he's basically the head of Knight Industries. He's Wilton's Wilton Knight's. I think either partner and Wilton Knight died. Mm-hmm. In the in the starting of Knight Rider, and he was sent out by Wilton Knight to go get Michael, or find someone like Michael. But he is the, uh, I cannot remember the name, and it's usually pretty easy. He is basically yeah, Michael's yeah. mentor through the TV show. That's why his death scene's a
1: little hard. See, yeah, no, so they follow up Kit's death scene, which we don't actually see how they get out of the water, but they do obviously get out of the water eventually, with this guy being murdered. And I look over and I was like, man, so is that is that pretty heavy? And you're like, Yeah, Kit the death of Kit's really hitting me and I'm like, Oh, well, this guy means nothing then.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean he was he was a big part of Devin Miles, that's what his name was. But he was the the head of the industries anyway. I really thought it didn't really hit me hard in the movie that he died because I thought Basically, I never watched the, like the last season of Knight Rider. I thought he did
1: die. No, you thought he was gone already. Yeah,
0: I thought he was gone already. For one, two, like I said, though, I as a kid, I was so stuck on the car. I wasn't really stuck on the Hoff being Michael Knight. I I wanted to be Michael Knight, but
1: I was more like. But the kid, but the car is the thing. The car Kits is the thing. the thing. Yeah, yeah. I got and that's you.
0: why I didn't like Knight Rider two thousand eight because they started
1: focusing on Michael and not the car. I, I'm very curious, and I think we'll get a taste of it of the difference when we talk about the next movie, but the difference between talking about something like this, Night Raider, where you know history of it and you were a fan of the series versus some other random crap movie that we will talk about in the future, I'm sure. Like, I think it's going to be night and day. Oh my God. That was seriously, I was not trying to set up that bad pun. It just happened. I will say this movie did something kind of right. And I was slightly impressed with the writing. Well, only in this one part. Now I did like some of the sci-fi stuff. There there's sci-fi elements just enough, I guess, so that they could sell the I- idea, which I think is what the cryogenics thing was more about than any kind of like important plot point or anything. It's just like, hey, it's the future. I mean, everything looks the same, but it's the future is there's some cool sci-fi ideas with recovering the memories of people from their brains and they did put a, one of Kit's memory chips into the chick's head, the the cop that got shot
0: now, here here's the thing with that, too. So, they kind of said at first that the memory chips were to just remember things. But then she starts kind of acting like Kit. Like I thought it was
1: interesting because her personality changed yeah. after she got shot. So, I think that was part of it. But I, that almost felt like it was more tied to the memories, which she eventually recovered anyway. To get back to what I was saying before, the one thing they got kind of right is there's the big showdown. We're going to fight this guy like in the mall. Mm-hmm. He, has a, he has an actual gun and then Hoff and police, well, she's not a police anymore, but the lady are chasing him down and they have the, pew, the sound guns, the mm-hmm. ultrasounds. He's got an actual gun, so he can actually do damage. I think they even shoot him at one point. It just doesn't really do anything. Those things are, seem so pointless. But at one point she gets an actual gun and that's what stops the bad guy. And it seems like she's going to blow the guy away. And then he goes to pull another actual gun. So I'm like, Oh, he's going to pull a gun. Then she's going to blow him away. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, the whole point of this movie is like real guns are bad. If they resolve the conflict by using a real gun, aren't they proving the point that the bad cops were trying to get across anyway, is that we need lethal force. They actually ended up not going that way. She put the gun down. And I think the Hoff hit him with an ultra with a sound gun. And then punched him or something, but the bad guy ended up falling down onto.
0: Yeah, basically ultrasound pushed him off the railing.
1: Yeah. So they didn't kill him with the lethal weapon. They killed him with the less lethal weapon. So I wonder, I doubt that's a comment, but what I'm saying is it felt like they were going to resolve the movie using a lethal gun, which kind of felt counter to what the point of the plot was. Yeah. And they ended up not doing that, but they still got to kill the guy. So I was kind of impressed that they, they thought that hard about it.
0: That's why I, like, I kind of give it to him for like showing that, oh, this is going to improve their point. Like they need lethal force. And then, wh- oh, wait, hold on. He's got one. <laughs> you know, the non-lethal way of taking things. Because I almost thought it was, was that when they started producing tasers? But I thought they had them before then.
1: I think they did have them before then, but they weren't as widely used, used yeah. at that point. And also, I mean, they do have basically sound guns now. So that's kind of ahead of its time. Right. I'm not sure what else to say. It kind of ends with, they put Kit in the new car. They drive that around a little bit. Can we talk about Kit's like weapons system or whatever yeah. to where he's like, you know, I'll disable them or whatever. And then you don't see anything happen. The guys just fall over. What is, is this that, is that how it was in the show?
0: Yeah. Well, cause in the show he's got projectiles that are under the headlights, like where the, cause on the transams, there's like little slots under the, where yeah. it's, it's air vents but basically all his weapons were right there. So he can shoot like like sleeping
1: darts and whatnot. But also he can EMP other cars. And that I get. Like I can get I get I can get behind them doing that without having to do an effect, but he he knocks several people out but you don't see anything. There's not a flash. There's not a projectile. There's no little, it doesn't go to the grill of the car and you see a little gun hole open. That, there's think, just nothing happens. It like targets it on the little screen and then they fall over. It's like, wh-
0: I think what, what they, what? they tried to do, they've done this and they did this kind of in another Knight Rider where, which is weird too, why they didn't use an effect, but he can kind of either pump up the radio frequency to immobilize you, okay. basically attack your brain or he lets out a sound the car lets out a sound that basically messes with your balance. But there's like, can we like talking on that that point? Can we talk why why the why the heck that Scotty was in here? Because
1: <laughs> Scotty, there was no point to that. <laughs> no, like they were chasing. So did that just establish that Kit's not quite all there? He doesn't have all of his memory.
0: Well, yeah, they were trying to say that, and also. They come across. They were tracking a bank account withdrawal, and he was withdrawing something. And then suddenly they're like,
1: "Oh, it's Scotty, yeah. Star Trek." And then yeah, so they move up on this guy from the ATM, and they're like, "And you know, that, that's the, that's the guy or something. That's a guy. You know, they need to take him in." So he hits him with the something, the whatever that incapacitates a person, which
0: like, is I think at that point it was supposed to be the sleeping dart. I
1: did, it didn't. You, there's no visual it, indication of this. You hear
0: it auditory. You hear
1: oh God. And then he's down. Weird. But then they get up there and yeah, it's Scotty from Star Trek and he's given all of his lines because he's like, well, incapacitated and kind of like out of it. And he was like, beat me up and I'm blah, blah, blah. And like, what? What's happening? It was weird. What is happening?
0: I was thinking though, that would be right about the time that Star Trek was taken off with, the with movies? Getting, ready, getting ready for TNG. Oh yeah, probably. But, but I mean, why would you even put him in there? He was available. What's that guy's name? James Dugan? I think, or something. Or, no, they called him by his actual name, and I'm just like, "What is this? What's going on
1: here?" James James Dohen James Dohen. It's just a cameo, but it it's so goofy and like out of nowhere. You were actually like, "What is what is this? What is happening? What is happening right now?" It just didn't make any
0: sense to me. It had nothing to do with the story. Just a goofy cameo. He was available, I'm guessing. You know they can't get Shatner because at that time he was m- big bucks. Yeah. The new car.
1: Not good. Let's not ever talk you about a car. it. Good. You hated it. You hated it. It looks stupid, I think, but I don't think I, think I hated is it. I think it
0: reminded like, me of every new car we have out where they try to do like the old look but then just totally just crap on it. It was basically a Trans Am with a body kit on it. Like and yeah. it wasn't it was like yellow submarine even though it was red. It was like a yellow submarine body kit cuz it was huge. <laughs> it was
1: pretty big, yeah. Yeah. But it was like kind of curvy and sleek, like, you know, I mean, to be fair, if you're going for a futuristic car, they're not super, they weren't that far off of the design, but it was ugly. There was some really weird decisions. I think it was either
0: a, it was either the Trans Am or the Firebird, which is what that car was actually. Because I thought the funny, the funniest part was in the back. If you looked at it was, they basically just made two big tunnels to the regular taillights.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) that's funny. Yeah. Anything else to say about it? I don't really have anything else. It was it was not good. It was pretty bad. Like I mean it wasn't like I said it wasn't painful necessarily. It was kind of dull. My plan is to get Netflix and then watch the original Night Rider. Is it on Netflix? I think so. Well, I'll say this. If you want to watch Night Rider 2000, good luck. Yeah. It's you can it's not streaming anywhere. You can't I mean if you want to watch it in in Russian or <laughs> in Spanish, you could find it on some pretty shady sites, but this is this was very hard to track down. Mm-hmm. Five out of ten would not would not watch again. Do you really? Do do we want to do ratings? I I think we I, should. Okay, I've already rated this on Letterboxd. It was kind of a heads up. Jesse Jesse caught wind of it because my Letterboxed uh, automatically tweets when I rate a movie. I gave it one star out of five. Oh jeez. So if you gave it five out of ten, so that's two point five stars, two and a half stars. I would say I would give it a full two stars. Two stars, okay. Two stars. But you have the Knight Rider connection, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I can get behind it. It did have the Hoff. It did. Now, from the streets of 2000, some random probably Canadian city, to the beaches. Of 2017. Of 2017. We also watched Baywatch. The remake, well, it's not a remake. The movie version of, you know, based on the TV show. The TV show... And this shocked me. I did not realize it went this long. It ran from 1989 to 2001, which is incredible. Like, how did it run that long? Whoa, wait, wait. It went to 2001? 2001. Jesus. Yes. Don't worry, though. I know where you're going with your pitch, and it still works. Yeah, this has The Rock, and it has... I should look up his name, but I don't really care to know his name. <laughs> this... I. Okay, so I did not... This is a hard R comedy, it's a rated R comedy, and I, w- I don't know why I didn't know much about it, but I was not expecting that. I figured it'd just be kind of a goofy comedy. I didn't think they were going to go hard R with it, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of more parody than anything. The story doesn't matter. <laughs> like, seriously, it doesn't matter. It's The story doesn't, it's so, what's there is cookie cutter, you know, all the beats, you know what's going to happen. You know, you got this, this young party animal punk kid, disgraced Olympic swimmer comes in and and then Mitch, who was the Hof in the original series, is The Rock, of course. And he's, like, the most perfect everything. Everybody loves him, and he saves everybody. And it's just so dumb.
0: I felt like the story didn't mean – like you said, didn't mean anything because it felt – on my on my level, it felt like a parody of a parody of a parody. Right? Of a parody. <laughs> right? Like, it just felt like Baywatch characters kind of being made fun of. Like
1: – So uh, – well, even and I, this started going through my head while still watching the movie. I'm like, oh, this story is terrible. Like I wasn't expecting. Oh, okay, so we're obviously we're down on this movie. I was not expecting anything. But watching it, and I'm like, God, the story so bad. Like it's just so cookie cutter. And but then I'm like, but it's it's a 2017 movie based on Baywatch. Like for the most part, I can already hear the responses of, it's Baywatch, dude. Did you expect a good story? Like what were you thinking? But I mean. Still, it's essentially a party movie, though. From right from the beginning, it just throws you into like, here's these characters. Everybody's like cracking jokes, having a good time. It's a lot of fun, and this and that, and like it just carries that through the whole movie. Um, you're not worried about any characters. You're not worried about any of the threats. I didn't expect the really like juvenile. What's the word that I can say that's not that I don't have to grolex? But it's I'm gonna have to grolex it. It's a bunch of d- jokes. It's just a bunch of. D- jokes it's it's that level of like comedy mm. and i will say though there's some chuckles i laughed at a couple things they throw a lot of stuff out there there's a lot of attempts at humor it's just most of it's so bad and eye-rolling some of it's kind of funny and overall i feel a little dumber for watching it <laughs> <laughs> i would have to agree it feels like a seth rogan comedy without seth rogan in it what is it about Seth Rogen then that elevates it? Because he does the same kind of comedies, right? Like it's it's a hard R rated comedies with jokes, but it doesn't feel as blame when Seth Rogen's in something like this. Like somehow it usually.
0: I think it's just him. I really do. I think it's like his
1: acting is just enough. Maybe the people he usually works with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually James Franco. I'll say this though. Because I don't watch a lot of movies with The Rock. Because he's in a lot of movies that I don't really care for. Like, it just doesn't appeal to me. Especially his comedies. A comedy with The Rock. Like, okay, whatever. Dude is super charismatic. Like, I kind of get him. I kind of understand why, you know, why he's such a popular actor. Because, like, dude, he's almost instantly likable. As soon as he pops on, you're just like, I don't know. That guy's got something.
0: (laughs) I think that's what's weird is is that every movie that The Rock is in, he plays The Rock. Like oh yeah. That's how Rock is. I don't know in real real life, but like in his interviews and stuff. But I think that's like what draws people is he's just so likable. And not saying he's a bad actor or anything like that. It's just they kind of ride that like everybody loves him.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And this movie hits that hard too to where literally everybody loves this guy. There's some over the top surreal stuff that I kinda hated but also kind of enjoyed. The intro credits with the title Mm-hmm. It's so ridiculous that it, like I said, hated it, but I also really kind of liked it. Because when he, he saves, I don't even remember who, some random person he saves, and it's just just ridiculous, super stylized action sequence that doesn't, shouldn't be there. But then he, when he pulls him out of the water, like Baywatch letters rise out of the ocean behind him, and three dolphins jump up, hit bellies, and backflip off of each other. Yeah, and it's like,
0: it was like, what? I feel like I was playing a game of Saints Row.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's that kind of, that's fitting. That's fitting. Yeah. Kind of enjoyable because it's so over the top and it's not taking anything seriously, but it's also kind of like grown worthy because it's so over the top and juvenile.
0: Yeah. Now that we say that, basically it's the GTA Saints Row thing. Like GTA is already a satire of the real world. And then Saints Row is like hold my beer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Again, there's a couple humorous jokes, but there's a lot of stuff that's just low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. It looks nice. Uh, the direction's not like particularly inspiring. There's a couple kind of interesting like effects and sequences, but you know, did we even look who the director was? No, I didn't care for either of them. Pretty sure that was his last job. <laughs> like, oh, it, oh yeah, that didn't. I don't think this movie made money. I don't think it made money. Was bad as I think it would been better if Kevin Hart was in it. Like Rock and Kevin Hart. Well, they are. They did that though, didn't they? It's called Jumanji. <laughs> oh, see, in Jumanji as well. Yeah. Didn't, he they, did. didn't they do? Though they did another movie. Yeah. But. Yeah, where Kevin Hart or not Kevin Hart, where The Rock was like a like a fat kid when he was younger, and then he grows up and he is The Rock. And yeah, it's uh, a CIA and, movie. Yeah, yeah. See, The Rock. I mean, it might be entertaining, but man, that's just not my speed. That's not my thing. All right. Well, what do you rate Baywatch? Like I, I kind of feel bad. No, I don't feel bad. I think we've spent more time on this than we needed to on Baywatch. So the problem is, with yeah, with five, it's hard to say with only five stars. Um, well, if you need to think of it out of ten, because I five may be
0: the same thing though. But yeah, I would say two point eight stars. Really, almost three, but I don't want to give it like a half. Why not I want to give it a full like
1: half rating other than 2.5 is technically half rating. Yeah, 2.5 is lower than 2.8. You don't want to get it. You don't feel like it deserves a full half rating. Well, but that's what I mean. And now I thought about it. So I, no, I'd give it a little bit over half. Half of, a, half of a good rating.
0: Because I thought the jokes were funny. Okay. Again, it's, it's just The Rock. The Rock sold a lot of the jokes for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I would say. So your
1: final answer is what? 2.9 out of 5. Did you just say 2.9? <laughs> yes. Yep. I don't think you understand star rating. It's like, you almost get three, but don't. <laughs> started at 2.8. Okay. Then okay, you went 2.5. Say, right. Then you went, final answer, 2.9. No, I said,
0: no, I said technically 2.5 is half of a five-star rating. Yes. But I was like, well, now I'll give it over a little bit over half. But you don't want to go to actual three. I don't want to give them three. <laughs> they got two stars, and then the little tip of the one star is just slightly... Not gold. So you give it three
1: stars. Yeah, we'll say three. Jeez, <laughs> just because you can't handle 2.9. Is 10 points, is 10 not enough? Like you have to break it down farther than that? I'm just saying two 3. We'll give them 3, 3 out
0: of 5. But now you, gave, <laughs> no, you gracefully gave them a three star.
1: I didn't. You did. I said 2.9. <laughs> okay, so, okay, that, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Baywatch gets 2.9 uh-huh Knight Rider 2000 gets two yeah okay okay Knight Rider 2000
0: just the production was just not there like mm-hmm. at all like that was not a movie it was a TV show
1: uh, yeah I mean really I agree mm-hmm. with that I would give Baywatch 1.5 1. 1.5 5. 1. 5 so because one, one and a half stars one and a half because it's bad it had some stuff that made me laugh I enjoyed how the villain was taken care of you know what I mean that was fun. Yeah, that was pretty good. There was some good laughs and there was one sequence where the dudes on the motorcycle that I was kind of, imp- I wasn't blown away because I'd seen similar things, but I was kind of impressed with the effects. It was totally unnecessary, but I was kind of impressed with the effects and that those, that those two factors give it a 1.5. Otherwise, like, I don't know. I I guess a one because it was not a good movie. It was, and it's not something I would normally search out. I was curious, I actually kind of like, once we got into it, I was like, kind of had high hopes, not high hopes, but higher than like what I was initially thinking it was going to be until we got to the bit on the beach. And this is right at the beginning where they introduce the tech guy and he gets his junk stuck in a chair. And I'm like, oh, we're in, there's something about married territory. Yeah, no, never mind. This is, this is bad. Mm-hmm. So, and he takes the shirt off and he's got the super hairy nipples. I was like, oh, come on. Let's not. <laughs> yeah, it was that part was weird. 1.5. I don't care. Who's going to challenge me on a 1.5 rating for Baywatch? Well, I Oop. didn't think anybody was going to challenge me on a 2.9, but whatever. I, I wasn't challenging you on the rating, although that's a little higher than I would have given. obviously. I was challenging you on the technical aspect of the rating itself.
0: It's just because 2.9 is like almost there. Almost there. Okay.
1: But didn't get the full three. Fair. Now, Jasper, it's time for the main event. Main event. Baywatch 2017 maybe didn't get the numbers the studios wanted, but they just have a feeling if combined with the right property, this could be a multi-movie deal franchise spanning the next 12 years. They're going to schedule movies out up till 2029. Pitch to me, or pitch to the listeners, the Baywatch Night Rider cinematic universe okay so hold on i gotta i gotta get situated for this okay okay so this is what i think okay so we have night rider has happened let me tell you this so the series the baywatch series ran from 1989 until 2001 the hoff left in 2000
0: oh this works perfectly
1: i knew that's what you were doing (laughs) yes yes i think you're gonna steal my pitch that's all right.
0: So this yeah, I well there's only one way this really can work. So what happened was is you have you have Knight Rider, okay. He serves his serves his time as Knight Rider, okay. He goes into a slight retirement, but he feels that he still needs to save life. Of course. So he gets a job as a lifeguard. Oh okay. Steadily climbs the ranks to to the top of the lifeguard tower. And then he does that for a couple years. Right. Mm-hmm. Does his watch thing, goes back. Okay. You ready for this? I'm ready. He goes back, gets ass back, you know, basically goes and he's like, you know what? I'm going to fully retire this time. And he goes out fishing on a lake right down the road from the bay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out there fishing, full retirement. Here comes Devin. Okay. Yep. He yep. needs help. Okay. Since he's been keeping, now this is the reason why Devin knows where he's at. I had this other part, too, and this is kind of a stretch, but I I got it. Basically, all the criminals they stopped during the Baywatch storyline are now in cryo-freeze at prison corps. Okay,
1: Okay. Okay. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay.
0: So, what has happened, or what I believe would happen, was that prison corps, okay, now has pulled this guy out, and there's only one guy that can stop him, and Devin knows where he's at. He goes back, does the mission through Knight Rider two thousand. Does that goes off with this girl, the girl from the Knight Rider two thousand. Now I'm going to go as far as far as saying they either fathered fathered. No, not 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 the Rock though. Okay, the I was going to say no, no, because no, no, he's too old. They fathered the Olympic swimmer. Oh, snap. Okay, and he's he got out. He went wayward. Basically the Olympic swimmer becomes a swimmer because he's always on the on the beach after he's retired because you know the Hoff could never leave the bay no no nope. the Hoff trained the rock to be the lifeguard he is okay and what happens is that the Olympic swimmer tries to ride his dad's his dad's popularity or legacy falls through so daddy Mitch sends him off to the only person that can teach him how to think of everybody but himself.
1: Yeah, that, that works. Yeah. I, yeah. So <laughs> you, you went deeper into it than I, than I had. So that's good. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, obviously he had to change his name between working for, you know, doing the Knight Rider thing and Baywatch thing, uh, to, to keep those lives separate, keep them safe. Uh, he doesn't tell the Knight Rider guys about his Baywatch, uh, Policing type activities or whatever it is. Mm. Um, so, question: Yes, what? What's the next movie in this franchise? What? What's? The, give me a little. Where can we go with this? See now, are
0: we counting? The problem here is: Are we counting the new Night Rider, or can we use parts of it?
1: We can. I mean, we could do whatever we want. This is our cinematic universe. That the movie studios will have to pay f- f- to buy each property. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, okay, so what would happen, what we would go from here is, for one, you need a name, so either you go Nightwatch or Bayrider. This is the thing. This is what I think would happen, although really stupid, really stupid, but I have to say it. So either Mitch takes back up his thing, lets him know that his real name is Michael.
1: He takes back up his, what, Nightrider Rider? No, his, his
0: Baywatching. Okay. Okay and they turn kit into a lifeguard
1: vehicle. Okay. Uh, is it going to so, be uh, is it going to be a jet ski or one of the four-wheelers?
0: No, it's going to be kit with lifeguard paint on it. It's going to be the the Trans Am like the original with two of the lifeguard buoys on the back fenders, right?
1: <laughs> and painted with lifeguard down the doors. <laughs> now the new car though, Jasper, that new car could ride on water. See, that's true. It could drive on water. But
0: yeah. also, well, okay then Okay, you have okay. Let's just say not the Trans Am. Let's say the Mustang from two thousand eight. He can go submersible. Okay. 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 So that'd be a really stupid ending to Kit's life, and I would be a little bit hurt. <laughs> but <laughs> is it that the, then the Rock runs the Bay, but then Kit helps
1: out with the high profile cases? So is the next one basically the Avengers? To where yeah we've got we've seen Michael slash Mitch, and we've seen. Mitch, the rock. Oh, and, and the kid, is this where they all come together and kit, they all come together to fight an even larger threat. Yes.
0: Yeah. Which is, I don't know at this point what it could be. I mean,
1: so in Baywatch, the threat, the, the villain was basically buying up all the property and moving in. What do you call it? Yaka? Flocka. 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 Drugs and selling drugs through there. And, or trafficking drugs through the bay, and had all the local officials bribed and stuff, which is not too far off of the kind of plot that Knight Rider 2000 had to where it's just like uh, corrupt dude. cops. And
0: I had just the worst story plot in my mind just now, and I just ho- played the whole movie in my mind in like 4.5 seconds. Let's hear it. <laughs> oh my God, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Okay, so you saying them buying the Waterfront got me on this here. Okay. Okay, I forgot the actual process of making glass, but sand is involved. Yes. Okay, I think it's and heat. Okay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, let's say this villain, the new villain, makes a machine that basically is going to heat up the sand and turns the beach to glass. Okay. Okay. But it's like razor sharp glass, so no one can use the beach. Okay, so Mitch has to bring it down. Of course. (laughs) So, what happens, a bunch of storyline, yada, yada, yada. Okay. But the way that it's brought down is kit basically refracts his laser so that it bounces off the beach and hits the heat machine and blows it up. I love it. <laughs> I would watch it. <laughs>
1: it was bad. You had you uh the laser. You had me at the laser or <laughs> bouncing the like laser. They have off to the find
0: a, par- a, a part on the beach where the ref- the refracting of the laser will optimally work.
1: It's great because the climate Or
0: you can make it really bad by Basically saying they can only refract the laser at one point and they have to use one of the buoys with glass on it to manually
1: point it towards the machine. Well, see, that way you can get like the rock up in there.
0: Mm -hmm. But then the laser like suddenly doesn't hit the hit the buoy and it's so like intense that it hits the rock and he just disintegrates. So he dies. Do you want to kill the rock?
1: But someone's got to (laughs) go. But he's coming back in the next one, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is this is your. uh, They'll find this is your empire that
0: he actually didn't disintegrate. He actually he turned into data or data data is the word I'm getting stuck on Star Trek. (laughs) He turns into data. He wasn't incinerated. He was computed back into the car. Okay,
1: (laughs) okay, (laughs) okay. And now and now he's Kit. He's Kit. Mm -hmm. Is it like him and Kit stuck together or he's just Kit?
0: No, he he basically his. I'm sold. He, he basically his his mannerisms stuff, and I oh my god, I can't believe what I'm saying this. His mannerisms stuff get caught in the car. So like when the Rock does the the eyebrow thing, <laughs> one side of the fender kicks up like, <laughs> like that's how he comes back. Dude, it's getting better and better. Basically, it's like Jarvis and Ultron, and they're in one car. We could even he do a little debate change. <laughs>
1: Okay, let's just hear it. Let's do it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, keep a straight face, man.
0: <laughs> oh my God, you wanted the bay to change, but you couldn't get rid of the litter, the stuff on the beach. <laughs> the only thing that's drowning people is to get rid of the lifeguards. Because <laughs> that's basically what Ultron did. Was the only way to save the world is get rid of the people trying to save it. <laughs> I like how we're talking about movies, but we're kind of going back into comics.
1: <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Well, that's, but, I mean, that's where, that's what it's all about. That's where Cinematic Universe came so, from.
0: So what, what's your, what's your, what's your sequel to this? What's your universe?
1: Oh, are you kidding? After the laser light refl- reflecting, uh, setting up a played, sequel with like the I rock said, as data as in part of, in part of Kit, where we potentially get like a perfect strangers, odd couple, uh, little comic comedy sidekick with Kit and the rock stuck in the same computer. Oh, I can't beat that. There's no, there's no laser refraction here. Dude, how can I – are you serious? You just pitched – you have millions of dollars. You have a check for $30 million written to you already, and that's just a down payment. Like, you've I won feel, the studio over. How can I beat that? There's only two people that I believe would make that movie work. I like how serious it's becoming now. Quentin Tarantino. My mind just melted out of my ear. What are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, just because he can make any weird thing work. Right. That's
0: what I'm, I'm banking on. Or you make it so stupid with explosions and stuff, you call in J.J. Abrams or Michael Bay. I mean, they're going to be there already. Oh, aren't my God. They? I just thought of. <laughs> Was that J.J. J. Abrams that did the lens flare? Yeah. Just think
1: of that coming off of, <laughs> of the scanner light. So, Abrams, <laughs> that's who's directing this thing. Yeah. A beach of full of glass. There's going to be nothing but lens flares. It's going to be spectacular. Now,
0: now, in my rendition of of this or my version of this, I really wanted to incorporate Star Trek because of that Scotty cameo, but I couldn't find a way. I mean, he's there, the Scotty. It just made no sense, man. <laughs> I in all of cameos, all the cameos of cameos. That one just didn't make sense to me. I mean, who who would have made more sense? I love
1: though? Scotty. You know, I love Star Trek, but people do. And that's why he's there. I just think any, like I weird. felt
0: it was kind of in the middle and I felt like that was to keep people engaged in the movie. It's like, like, wake oh, up it's Scotty. And then just be like, this movie sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It just baffles my mind that he was in there. <laughs> I like, know. I almost legitimately thought when, when they went into the, the lake off the pier, that maybe the enterprise would have like teleported him out or beamed him up. Like that's how weird it got for me when I saw Scotty. I was like, "What the hell is he doing?
1: The hell is he doing here?" So there's an interesting thing. Like both movies have people driving vehicles off of a pier. Both movies have the Hoff. Can we talk about the Hoff's voice? Yes, because that really struck me. Because watching him from 1991, in which his voice was oddly like kind of high pitched, and like he, like he, he, he's cool, right? Like people think he's cool. Is he really cool? Because like his voice, like his acting is. He just he doesn't have like it's not like he brings bravado to the screen, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe he looks it a little bit, but like his his voice and stuff like, you know, whatever. I'm not like making fun of the guy. But then my point is, then you juxtapose that to well, 27 years, 26 years later. Okay, I understand some time has passed. But he shows up for a cameo in Baywatch and he's doing the he's doing the the <laughs> Hasselhoff Radio voice mm-hmm. the whole time when he's talking he's not in it very much but the what scene he is in it like he he it's just so like such a put on voice and like watching that directly after his 1991 performance it's really weird I mean he knows it's a parody so like is he just parody himself now he's huge in Germany like <laughs> the Germans love him
0: but I the things he does for like German commercials he kind of does the radio guy voice so maybe that's where he's kind of stuck like he he's kind of it. become known he for that he makes music in germany
1: i know he used to make music back in the day so in doing a little bit of just the minute bit of research i did for this uh other than sitting through these classic works of cinema because i was curious about baywatch nights cuz that's where we kind of like that's part of where we st- stole we took the grolix nights title not that yeah. the, you know it's not that it's a really unique title but that's what inspired us to like come up with grolix nights was Baywatch Nights and I remember watching it and thinking this is ridiculous but it was kind of interesting reading up on it so they did two seasons of Baywatch Nights and he was in it and it was more more of a directly like film noir detective mystery thing because they were kind of doing that on uh, they weren't doing film noir but they were doing like detective work on the beach anyway yeah but apparently season 1 did not do so well so they retooled it for season 2 and they were doing vampires and aliens and stuff. I don't remember that at all. So if we if this is truly an extended universe, I mean, we could pull in some aliens and some monsters and stuff. Like it's in the canon already.
0: It you, see, see, you got to we got to figure out a way to put Star Trek
1: in that. <laughs> because Scotty's there. And you know what though? They may address him as his actor, as his like actual the actor's actual name. He's only delivering lines from Star Trek. 'Cause you know, he's dazed or whatever, but like he's he's Scotty.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that would fit right in a Star Trek storyline where say the actor
1: gets beamed out and then the actual Scotty replaces him. Swaps in. But okay, but we're we're bloating the universe. We have to at least get to seven movies of Baywatch and Knight Rider before we can Bay get to Bay Rider in. seven. Bay Bay Rider Nights two thousand. Yes. I was super excited to watch I can't believe I'm was- I was more excited to watch because it was kind of a coin flip depending what we could find as to which Knight Rider thing we were watching. And I, once I discovered there was ba- uh, Knight Rider 2000, I got super... And the, uh, furthermore, that it was made in 1991, I got super excited because I love watching futuristic sci-fi movies that take place in years that have already passed us, like that mm-hmm. we've already passed. And we're seven, eighteen years past 2000, so... It was, that's pretty disappointing though. I mean, usually it still at least seems like the future in these movies. Like you watch escape from New York or something. And that happened in 1997 or something, you know, it was made in the eighties, but it's at least it still seems like a future. This didn't look like this looked more like the past than, I don't know. This looked more like 1991 than 1991 did. <laughs> well, I mean, you sold me, you blew any pitch I had out of the water. Like you kind of like you took this, this cinematic. Universe. I've been thinking about this since Friday you, night. You are the you are the Bay Knights writer 2000. The, what was it? Wave writer Bay Knights. Wait, where'd wave come from?
0: Bay Night Watch writer. 2000. Bay Rider or Night Watch?
1: Both. I mean, we have to do a couple of movies. I feel like
0: if it was like an Avenger setup, it has to be Night Watch.
1: The movie with the lasers. Which movie is that? What's the title? Night Watch. That's Night Watch. So then Bay Rider. No, it'll be Bay Rider. The search for... Mitch 2 or The Rock or whatever. Like
0: Nightwatch would have to be like Nightwatch in the
1: Tower of Glass or something. Or... Well, we're going like some Harry Potter titles, Nightwatch in the Tower of Glass. Or, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting too much <laughs> on <shot> into this. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, my point is like you, you took a hold of this cinematic universe. You are the cinematic universe's Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> or who's the Marvel guy? The Disney guy that overwatches all the Marvel movies. Joss Whedon. No, no, no. I'm joking. No, I can't remember his name offhand. But there's the guy. Like, if you all the Marvel movies, like, he's got this big Star Wars thing to where there's little Star Wars Easter eggs in all the Marvel movies. He insists that somebody lose, like, an arm or a hand or something in all of them. And if you watch them, they do. So you'll be that guy for this Baywatch Knight Rider universe. hmm Well, this is your baby then. We are all counting on you. We expect big things. You better get on it. Hoff is looking pretty old. <laughs> right? He is looking like freaking looking Jurassic era. To be fair, though, at the end of Baywatch, there's a, his second cameo. He's sitting there with The Rock. And he's shirtless. Not The Rock. The Hoff. And he's got old man body, but he's looking pretty stout. And he even cracks a joke about does he look like a tiny guy next to The Rock, but not really. He doesn't look ripped, but... He's not, like, no little guy. He believes he's he's as tall as The Rock. Yeah, like, he he ain't no little dude. I wonder if
0: that makes him feel weird, being old and... You see The Rock in fine human
1: form. (laughs) But, yeah, you wonder if that was kind of, like... He doesn't have a shirt on, and then Rock does. So, I'm sure if they were like, hey, David Hasselhoff, you want to do this scene? And uh, and he didn't want to take his shirt off, he wouldn't.
0: Like I said, no, it doesn't look bad for an old dude. I mean, he's,
1: he's just it looking like old. he
0: tanned way too freaking much. It looked like he was wearing that, like, spray-on stuff. He always kind of looks that way, though.
1: He has at least since I the think 90s. He, spray, he probably does a spray-on stuff. Yeah. I would believe. Too much time on the beach. <laughs> on the watch. That babe That's one thing, like I had forgotten a lot about Baywatch to watching this movie, watching that movie and been like, whoa, suddenly like it occurred to me how much Baywatch I'd watched. I'd seen quite a bit. I didn't, I had no idea it went for like 12, 13 years. Right.
0: I didn't even think it made it to the 2000s. I thought it was in the 80s. No, it was definitely dying out, but. We should pitch our own ideas. And at the end, who gets the deal? Who gets a movie deal?
1: I like that. Except you won this one. (laughs) You get the deal. (laughs) if me and you were pitching our own ideas for cinematic universe, I'm listening to your idea and then be like, give it to him. And then as soon as they hand you the check, I'll turn to you and be like, dude, can I have a job? Yes, right. (laughs) Do you need like a, I don't care, man, like a key grip or something? Like, do you just need somebody on set? (laughs)
0: Cameraman, anything? Yeah. Guy that pushes the cameraman on the little cart thingy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Boom operator. Come on. Okay. So yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. I like that idea. Like, you had this one on lock.
0: I mean, should we also put up the idea of getting getting us a list of movies to watch?
1: Now, here's the thing. I don't, because, you know, on Growlix Podcast, we do the poll list. And I like the poll list. But I, I don't want it, this, like, never-ending list with movies that are on it that I'd like to get to someday, but we never do. So I want to keep it a little more loose than that. Sometimes, like, if we have, like, a really good idea, like, this movie and this movie. And we're both like, oh, yeah, that'd be great then we can have the freedom to do that. And then other times when we're like, we have no idea, hit the random movie generator website or throw it to Twitter or something. Mm-hmm. Once we get more feedback on on the show itself, we could kind of play that by ear. Right. So listener, if you have a suggestion on that aspect as well, let us know. I've been Randy and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Randall Sylvie or at Grolics Podcast. How about you? Well,
0: this has been Jasper. You can follow me at NinjaMonkey on Twitter or at NinjaMonkey on Instagram. There you go. Until next time. Until we meet in the extended universe again. I can hear you blowing clouds from over here. (laughs) This was supposed to be a movie podcast, but now we're just going to talk about clouds, bro.
1: Clouds, bro, clouds.
0: Clouds, bro, clouds.
1: Cinevapic universe. Okay, I kind of like that name, but now me too. (laughs) Okay.
0: We talk about cinema and vaping.